0: Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I am Jarf, and hello Tierney. Hello! Tierney, I've got great news. We've got a special guest with us for this week. Our guest is James Anderson of the Unabashably Obsessed and Crossroad
1: Minute podcast. Hey, hey, how are you doing? How's everyone doing? We're doing great. Welcome, James. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
2: I am now I was like, are those two different podcasts? Or is it a podcast about being unabashedly obsessed with Crossroads?
1: Well, we, <laughs> we, uh, we did Unabashedly Obsessed. We actually finished Unabashedly Obsessed uh, like late March. We, we wrapped it up and then we started uh, Newsies Minute that summer and wrapped Newsies Minute up uh, with the year, basically. And then we started Crossroads Minute like in, Jan- in the first week of January. So we we, we do, my my co-host Aaron and I basically are always sort of like, or we could start a new podcast. So like (laughs) we we have a a laundry list of different shows that we do, but uh,
0: yeah. That reminds me of my internal dialogue just every
1: day. (laughs) Every every movie I cut,
0: should I do a Movies by Minute podcast Uh about that?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly right.
0: Well today we're doing a movies by minute podcast about Joe versus a volcano and we're No, you
2: don't say
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here I make this expert transition.
2: (laughs) No I cannot let it stand.
0: (laughs) Talking about minute seventy six, which starts with Joe playing his ukulele on the raft and ends with Joe playing a bit of a little bit of mini golf.
2: Peek behind the curtain for the listeners, I put in these begins with ends with things in our spreadsheet, and I wrote in the spreadsheet, ends with Joe putting on the raft, but I realized putting is putting, and I've had the song putting on the Ritz stuck in my head for the past like <laughs> hour waiting to start this recording. <laughs> and you
1: don't know what sort
0: to... of the original one, or what was the 80s one?
1: That was a Taco putting on the Ritz. The guy's, the guy's name was Taco. What Was it really Taco think so
2: isn't that a character from the league <laughs>
1: well there's 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 taco from the adventure zone but i'm pretty oh, sure yeah.
2: that
1: yeah taco putting on the ritz was the, the the artist's name was was taco spelled exactly like the food item gotcha yeah
2: so many tacos so little time
1: <laughs> exactly right how uh, did
0: i never know his name was taco it's bonkers
2: <laughs> and Jarf, just to be clear, anytime I've put on The Ritz Stuck in my head, the version is Young Frankenstein. Young Fra- that is correct. That is
1: that's, uh, that's actually yes. important to, <laughs> to, to note. That is correct.
0: Super duper.
1: <laughs>
0: well, that's a fun song to be stuck in your head all day. And we I'm doing get just
2: as well as Joe.
0: <laughs> just as well as Joe. Well, actually, that bring, brings me to my first question. So, first of all, Delightful. We get Tom Hanks singing in this minute. And what my question was is he's singing this cowboy song. Yeah. And we shared earlier that there was something in the screenplay where he has a dream where he's a cowboy. And it just made me wonder, in the context of the movie, is this a song that Joe is making up on the spot? Or is it sort of a folk song that he remembers? What do you think?
1: I like both. I, I like I like either one of those explanations because I love the idea of Joe improvising, uh, or like not even improvising, but just every day he works on his cowboy ukulele song. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, it's that. it's almost like that Groundhog Day thing of like, yeah, but he's been working on it day in, day out, and he has it down pretty pat now. He did have the ukulele at work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe this is a lifelong project
2: i kind of like the idea that he at some point learned the tune on the ukulele and it is a song that exists but it's been so long since he heard it that he is now making up verses to it like like the song exists but yeah. his whole i was riding my horse is like his own yeah. <laughs> contribution you know when you half know a song so you just start being like get the Sounds about right.
1: This <laughs> right. I'm start, sure those are the words. You, yeah, you start trucking out any trope that you can think of that fits the the meter of the song.
2: Yes,
1: it's like uh, let's see uh, the 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 Rio Grande, like it's you know it, anything I can think of that has anything to do with cowboys, it's going in the song. It's just <laughs> going right in there.
0: Or sometimes you want to incorporate your pet into the song's <laughs> lyrics and right. make
1: the song about them. Right. I also like in like the the like the mysticism of the movie, I was trying to think where I think we get the very beginning of I Cover the Watery Front in this minute, the piano intro. I was sort of trying to think of where all these songs are coming from and why they chose these songs for the soundtrack for this part. And I like a little bit to think that he is tuning in somehow to some sort of like radio because he's he's the only one within any view in the ocean. He's like picking he's like receiving stuff. (laughs) I feel like it wouldn't be out of place for like the kind of weird mysticism of this movie that he's sort of just like almost channeling this song. Wow. I like that. I kind of like that too.
2: I will say I love the soundtrack to this movie. I think they did a great job picking songs that fit. It is very weird. It is a very random assortment of songs.
1: (laughs) It is. It's so weird. It's so cool, though. Like, it's what a a great... uh, I mean, like, they fit in their eclecticism. Like, this song, one of my notes was this song is so weirdly, it feels so authentically like Hawaiian ukulele, like hula song, and also simultaneously completely authentically like Home on the Range. It feels like both at the same time, and it's this weird cognitive dissonance of like this makes sense in two different genres and i really like it a lot
2: yeah what what did you just say they make sense in their eclectic i don't know but when i go back and edit future tyranny write that down because that (laughs) needs to be like my personal brand from now on (laughs) like it's a bunch of random things they don't seem like they go together but they're really fun once they're together yeah it's, it's, it's,
1: if, if they fit better they'd fit worse almost
2: yes <laughs> it's like i did this on purpose yes i swear <laughs>
1: that's right and if anything ever doesn't match in your in your wardrobe or, or or any movie like movie nights that you put together don't seem to fit just you know chalk it up to eclecticism and and then everyone who criticizes you is wrong and you're right
2: Oh, I used to love coming up with double feature (laughs) night ideas of movies that didn't seem like they went together, but then I would somehow make the, I'm trying, I'm completely blanking on what I had going through. (laughs) I just remember something was paired with Bend It Like Beckham and I was like, and I will serve Gatorade. They're both sports movies. (laughs) But like, it, it just, I used to love coming up with that, like movies that wouldn't necessarily go together. But you could totally build a theme night around to have a Was that your
0: Bend It Like Beckham and "Brian song movie night?
2: Uh, I've not seen Brian's song, so no.
0: (laughs) I don't think I've seen it either. I just know it's super sad football movie from the 70s. They made a joke about it on The King of Queens. They they recreated it.
2: I I did not catch that. Although now I'm trying to think if there's any way I could have worked. Uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, what was even the plot of this movie? But the movie Gregory's Girl...
1: I don't know that one. Have what you ever that? heard that no. one?
2: I it, it must be it's definitely British. It might be Scottish. My mom loved it. And I feel like it was on all the time when I was growing up and I was way too young for it. It was just like, mom, what is this? Why are we watching this again? I wanna (laughs) watch the Care Bears, leave me alone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, tyranny brought up the Care Bears. Drink. Very
2: much Scottish, yeah. (laughs) The Care Bears would not approve of this drinking game. Just FYI.
0: (laughs) So I've got to pivot. What would make a good double feature with Joe versus a volcano? Mm. Off the top of my head, I thought of LA Story.
1: Okay. Okay. I might submit, I mean, like, there's an obvious one in Castaway. That that would yeah. be sort of, that's sort of your, your easy one. Like, oh, crap, we need one, we need one more movie. The list has to go out tonight. What is it going to be? Castaway is a pretty, a pretty solid choice with this.
0: It actually would be better not as a double feature sequentially, but more if you sort of pause right after these minutes yeah. and then watch all of Castaway. Yeah. And then
1: watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, oh man there's so many this this movie has so many facets to it like so many it slide it could slide into so many different things
0: I think one of the remarkable things about the movie and notable things about this conversation is that clearly it transcends its Tom Hanks and Meg Ryanness because yeah. nobody is automatically suggesting another one of the Tom Hanks Meg Ryan
1: movies right right yeah. I feel like the other two fit so well together that I wouldn't want to separate them almost. Like, Joe vs. Volcano is such a is such an, a weird installment, a weird first installment in that trilogy.
2: It feels much more in the world of Big than it does the other Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan rom-coms.
1: Yeah, I, I might also, I might suggest something like, now hear me out, because this is gonna, both of these are gonna sound weird when I say it, like the Truman Show, or mm. uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind.
2: I gotta tell you, not the first time Truman Show has come up on this on this podcast, and I'm not just saying that because I'm staring <laughs> at them and the raft is just rotating in their giant bathtub of yeah. a studio tank. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. It it feels very. Which which part of this of Joe vs. the Volcano do you want to unlock? Do you wanna unlock the sort of like way too happy part that's sort of like a facade? Then go with Truman Show. Do you wanna go unlock the sort of like dark trudgery of, of everyday existence and sort of just wanting to get away from it all? Maybe toss on Eternal Sunshine. It's like two different uh, mirrors to reflect what we wanna show about Joe versus Volcano. Yeah, or all three. Sure. <laughs> that would be an intense night.
2: Yeah. All <laughs> right, so if it's, if it's Truman Show, Joe versus the volcano, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. What Tom Hanks movie comes down to even it out for Jim Carrey? Mm. I'm so sorry, listeners. Once again, this is a movie with no, or a minute with no dialogue. So (laughs) (laughs) we have to get a little bit creative. Literally, all that happens is he sings the song playing his ukulele while Patricia sleeps, and then the next day we see him putting. That is all that happens.
1: (laughs) He does say "giddy up," which. I thought was interesting to have sort of as a a little tag at the end of his cowboy song like almost like a plea to her to wake up But yes, I I will agree. I will agree that uh, that it has very minimal dialogue
2: I love that because he definitely says it to her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know I kind of like something like big actually or something 80s. Maybe like the burbs No, you want, no, you don't want to go, you don't want to go verb. That's that's too dark. That's too dark. I think big might be the answer.
2: Big might work because if you're doing Truman Show, Joe vs. Volcano eternal sunshine big also has that like
1: magical realism sort of deal
2: yeah and a lot of funny things happen in it but the actual a lot of things happen in it that you're yeah. like this is super upsetting yeah
1: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i have to admit i don't know when it happened i no longer can watch his first night in new york city in big without oh. crying oh well yeah when he's it's scared heartbreaking. absolutely absolutely Oh my God. I actually just teared up just saying that. Yeah. Oh God. All right. So yeah, I think that kind of <laughs> matches the, um, because they all have a little bit of dark and a little bit of funny, but one Jim Carrey is definitely lighter yeah. than the other. And so I think that works for- well, uh, And
1: Bacon Eternal Sunshine have the the commonality of, I don't like the way my present life is. Let's fix it with magic. But then it turns out, hey, you know, be careful what you wish for sort of deal.
2: Or you will make your mom cry.
1: (laughs) Exactly right.
2: (laughs) I was trying to think of, uh, because now, of course, I was just re-listening to our episodes with the Carlisles, and Jonathan Carlisle mentioned that this introductory music to I Cover the Waterfront is used in other songs. And so there is a very... Like, his cowboy song, maybe he's making up. Yeah. I cover the waterfront, very different vibe. But this little do-do-do-do-do is kind of like a transition between the two.
1: Absolutely. It's, it sounds like a like a horse, like you're on a mm-hmm. horse, 100%. I also, I have to point out how frustrating it would be to have a putting green on the ocean. <laughs> Like that, that would almost be like I, I almost would not want to play. It's like all right, and we're putting. Oh, let me just account for the the you know the the rising and falling of the sea underneath my feet. It looked incredibly frustrating to me, and I'm not even like a big putt putt guy. But I'm already like I'm like nope, it, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna unroll it. I know I bought it. I know I brought it. I'm not gonna use it because it's ugh.
0: Well, we were actually talking about this with the aforementioned Carlisle's.
2: We were with him when he bought all this stuff. <laughs> Once ago when he
0: bought all this stuff, it, it was like when was this for right. and and what was the intent and and we questioned would it work on a boat or not? And so now we now we see just like I feared doesn't work so well <laughs> uh, Save on, on the
1: raft. It. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely feels like we're trying to be an executive here, but uh, we're all we're equal. We're not in an the,
2: executive situation.
1: We're all equal on the uh, on the luggage raft.
2: The law of the sea.
1: <laughs> exactly. This felt like an incredibly short minute. I was like, "Wait, it's already over. What's happening? <laughs> What's going on here?" Like the song is so entrancing that I was like, I mean, it take it ha, the song, that, ha, that song has to take up 45, 50 seconds. Like it, it's a long one and then it's over. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't even notice anything. Like sometimes you watch a minute and you're like, what? a lot of stuff happened in this minute. And this, it was like so much happened, but like nothing happened. It was, yeah. it was incredible.
0: Maybe this is a good spot then to ask you your thoughts on the movie overall, James.
2: I just want to point out, James nailed it. The transition from the song, the nighttime scene to the putting green is like at the 50, 45 second mark.
1: Nice. I just
2: had to let you know that before we started talking (laughs) about anything else.
1: Sweet. The one time in my life I have any sense of how long something takes. (laughs) I loved it. I mean I this was I saw this movie um before I saw Sleepless in Seattle and before You've Got Mail was even a twinkling in the eyes of its creators. Um this movie is like I I my mom and I used to used to watch it or like Sister Act or Sister Act Two, just like in that early nineties late 80s sort of area of, I guess we're watching movies, what are we going to watch? And, you know, throw this one on. The weirdness of this movie and the darkness of it wasn't apparent to me until I watched it for Unabashedly Obsessed a couple years ago. And I was I was blown away that my mom was like, yeah, this seems like a good thing to show like a six or seven-year-old, <laughs> like th- that I haven't been permanently like anxious about wor- I mean, now that I'm saying that out loud, I'm like, wait a minute uh-oh. But like, the working week isn't constantly stressing me out from the beginning of this movie, is just a miracle. It's a weird, weird movie, but it's it's so beautiful. Like, I I want to thank you all for, no spoilers for the rest of the week, but you got me, I, I got to be, I get to be on one of the, the most gorgeous minutes of this entire movie, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's, there's a magical thing coming up, and I just love love where we are in this movie. It feels like a climax, even though it's Nothing is happening. I mean, like We're basically in Montage City, but it feels like the climax that we've been leading up to, almost.
0: Well, you're welcome, and we're happy to have you. And <laughs> w- one of the things that I've found doing this minute by minute is, while I'll grant it, there are some iconic magic moments coming up this week. Yeah. But when you really slice up this movie and focus on it minute at a time it almost always seems like there's something magic coming up. Yeah. So it, it's really been rewarding that way. Mm-hmm. I hope our listeners have enjoyed as well. And I will add that I listened to your Joe versus a Volcano episode of Unabashedly Obsessed recently, and I thought it was a great episode. So well, thanks. I'll, have to, I'll have to share that on our Thank social. you
1: so much. We We love Tom Hanks' Uh, Aaron and I love Tom Hanks so so very, very much. So we, we celebrated T Hanksgiving month every November. So we just watched all Tom Hanks movies week after week after week. So it was, it was cool to get to revisit some stuff that we'd seen before, but also visit for the first time, like I had never seen like the money pit or the burbs until we watched them for the podcast. And it was enlightening to say the least.
0: <laughs> Tierney, are there any Tom Hanks movies that you haven't seen?
2: I haven't seen The Burbs. I don't think I've seen Money Pit. I haven't seen a bunch of, I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, actually.
0: I haven't seen Forrest Gump. Whoa. <laughs> I know, right? Are you
2: sure you lived through 1995? <laughs> that That's huge. I, I don't know. know. I mean, like,
1: I am never, ever, ever going to be someone that says, oh, my God, you really, you." I can't believe you haven't seen that. So I'm just going to just live in this moment for a moment. But like, wow.
2: Everywhere. I, I, So I not only have seen Forrest Gump, I have seen Forrest Gump in multiple languages.
1: Well, okay. Oh, wow.
2: Unsubtitled Italian Forrest Gump, like taped off the TV in Italy and I'd sent it. to my Italian teacher, was our bribe if we got enough passing grades on the national test or whatever it was for our senior year maybe it was junior (laughs) year in italian because it was one of the guys' favorite movies and my teacher was like well you guys do well on this test and (laughs) i wonder who did the
0: italian dub who is the italian tom hanks
2: I have no idea. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I have watched the Italian dubbed like no, no subtitles, no whatever. We had to get good at it. (laughs) To actually yeah. but yeah that was one of, we had a few uh things but mostly it was like oh great we're watching an opera the clown is sad because his daughter's getting married what the heck and so right. being able to watch forrest gump was amazing right. that,
1: that uplifting movie <laughs> no one's sad in that
2: never we also were high school i mean <laughs> right, high no. school kids are not known for their sentimentality hey listen i <laughs>
1: I've been crying at Forrest Gump for what going on 25 years now. So like I'm as sentimental as they come. I I love that movie and when people say that they hate it because of all the flaws, I I don't know what they're talking about because I'm blind, purposefully blind to them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, before we move on to the rest of our week, I wanted to take us back to music. I'll uh, I'll drop a cue from your era of movies. La 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 Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Back to music. The cowboy song, originally performed by Tom Hanks, this was written for the movie. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear because I I think we all knew that, but I realized we never said that. And our listeners probably don't. And so when we were saying like, oh, I wonder if in his mind this movie exists or if he's making it up. And the reason we are speculating that is because this is not a song that existed. This is... Yeah. Original Joe versus the Volcano.
0: Lyrics by John Patrick Shanley performed by Tom Hanks.
1: I did an internet search just to see, you know, if it was an existing folk song or whatever. And there's a guy that performs it called Ukulele Jim. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, it's originally by Ukulele Jim. Cool. Let me just click here. Oh, he's 2013. Cool. Yep. He is just someone that does ukulele songs from things. And that's it.
2: Which is fine. Totally fine. That's what you want to do. Ukulele Jim is a great name. We're not knocking it, but... It, yeah, it, to cover.
1: me, it sounds like oh yeah, well sure. Jim Smith was a was a ukulele artist from 1932 who wrote this song, the cowboy song, which was covered by you know like it, I was I was <laughs> constructing this whole narrative in my head where ukulele Jim was this old guy who wrote this song. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, that was, and we have found that that is incorrect. <laughs> so ugh what a what a what a it's so it feels right though like it reminds me of uh, of sweet baby james by uh, james taylor a little <sighs> bit oh yeah like I love just that song. the imagery of sort of like a casual cowboy like a kind of casually sad cowboy kind of deal like i just it it really really uh really speaks to me I, I really like it a lot and i think that it it feels like it is a classic song already
0: I found that website, too, and the ukulele gym did write additional lyrics to the cowboy song on his <laughs> recording of it, so so we've got that going for us.
1: So, in a way, it's like
2: a collaboration. <laughs> exactly. Humanity wrote the cowboy song.
0: <laughs> and if I can circle back to a thing that only I cared about, nobody else cared about at the time, and they certainly don't care about now, the Italian actor who dubbed <laughs> Forrest <gun> was... <laughs> <laughs> Francesco Panafiono.
1: Well, my here's my here's my question, though. For, I'm sorry, Francesco Panafio. Correct. Did he att- how did he did he change his voice to convey Southern dumb, or was it just an Italian dub? Did he change his voice to try and portray the character? I I, I mean, now I'm I'm invested in this Italian dub of, of Forrest Gump, and I will need your teacher's uh, name and address
2: <laughs> today. Well, actually... Signora Leonardi, <laughs> we need the tape. And it was a tape. I mean,
0: i <laughs> It's funny that you asked that because this article that I found addresses that very Perfect. point. It's about awesome. translating cultural
1: references in film. Oh, well, yeah. 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 Mean, f- translating Forrest Gump into any language, to me, feels wild.
2: The high school scenes alone are uh, <laughs> right, yeah. very specific to a time and place. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. And uh, like... How do you get, I must have drank about 50 Dr. Peppers. Like, I mean, does that translate? Like, oh, man, that... Yeah. Well, we're I, gonna I, have to. I'd f- love to read that article if you want. <laughs> so I'm to gonna
0: recommend Patreon content for <laughs> one steel sister rewatch of the <laughs> Italian dub, and and this is what it says to your question, James. The current trend in cinema today, and for many years now, has been to choose dubbing actors who are even physically close to the original actors to oh. reproduce their tones of voice as faithfully as possible. Although the imitation is not always perfect, the difference that a hearer can detect between the original and the dubbing actors, for example, by switching between the original audio on a DVD, are often very slim and mainly related to the different nature of the languages spoken and not the dubbers' voices. Such is the case, for example, of the unique voice adopted by Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, whose typical mannerisms and tone were seamlessly reproduced by francesco panofino
1: oh man we just let me say this so tom hanks you know his thing when he is playing some like he did it in big and he did it in forrest gump when there's a kid that is also playing the same character he gets the kid to do all his lines and then mimics the kid so the kid that played young forrest gump had that accent. That was the kid's real accent. And Tom Hanks just said, okay, say my lines. Okay, so you say it like that. I'm going to say it like you say it. Hmm. Which means that Francisco Panafino is doing an impression of Tom Hanks doing an impression of the kid that played young for his <laughs> That's hilarious.
2: It's Hollywood dad boy, Tom Hanks. <laughs>
1: Amazing! That's awesome. I love that this this is where the conversation went, and I'm I'm really really happy. <laughs> you that never it did.
2: know with a movie minutes <laughs> podcast where you're gonna end up. These I are the it.
0: gems that we mine. So maybe we should wrap up here and give James a, an opportunity to do a plug, and uh, because I've got some astrology notes for Wednesday to get into.
2: Sweet.
1: Cool. Okay. Yeah. I can uh, I can do a plug if you like me uh, and what I've contributed to this. You can, fo- the best way to follow all of my stuff is to follow me on Twitter at unabashedjames. I will retweet things that I am a guest on. I will retweet things that I am a host on. I, and then I retweet you know people that I think are, are saying funny, cool stuff. But that's the best place to find me. And there are links to some of my shows in my bio and whatever. But generally, I, I try and retweet everything that I that i am on from that account so that's a good place to follow me for anything that you might want to uh to hear me talk about
0: excellent well tierney we've covered everything from the italian dub of forrest gump to the rio grande so where to now
2: well next we're going to cover the waterfront
0: I we're going to cover the waterfront you did. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: these are consummate professionals i am in awe of, of that <laughs> handoff right there i just really want to applaud that that was very excellent now i don't know i don't
0: know i don't know where i'm gonna go when the volcano blows. let me say now i don't know
2: Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.